lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional font. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast that is considering delisting from Spotify and getting on to Weezify. And my name is Larry Wu. I'm Curtis Withers. Uh, Larry, um, hope you've been uh, enjoying um, our athletes in Beijing at the uh, 2002 Winter Olympics when you're able to watch because it is a weird time zone. <laughs> I'm every day, man, every day. But uh, I, I tried to I tried to throw a curveball at you. So Weezify is actually a thing. Oh, I just I just, I trust you implicitly. I just <laughs> it is Rivers Como. So the lead singer of Weezer mm-hmm. has created his own streaming platform. And it's all basically it's his content, but. Oh. You you can go onto Apple Web the Apple App Store and you can download Weezify for free. Oh wow, it's free. Yeah, and then you get you get yeah. access to all the uh, all of his demo stuff. You know, oh, wow, him him playing in his parents' basement guitar. But uh, you're right. Every I don't know. I I'm in Olympic uh, heaven right now. You know, when there's sports and something to watch and kind of keep on in the background all day, I'm I'm done. But I was actually surprised to hear how many people didn't realize there was an Olympics coming up. I think either people are just ignoring the news or maybe because maybe the Summer Olympics just happened. And it just feels really weird that there was a back to back. I think that's part of it. I think definitely like, you know, it's kind of unprecedented for an Olympics to be six months after a previous Olympics. Yeah. Um, obviously, like the the um, Tokyo Olympics got push back a year and then you know but uh you know especially with two this is the third straight olympics that have taken place in asia so that's the third straight olympics that take place basically overnight in north america which it's hard to get eyeballs on uh on the sports when they're at like four in the morning and stuff like that but they've done a pretty good job of trying to get like some big events mm-hmm. happening early morning in Be- Beijing and some like in primetime Beijing. Cause then that wraps around to sort of like primetime North America and morning North America. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been, it's been a very interesting Olympics so far. Yeah. The news coming out of it is it, it, it I, I, it's almost like, geez, is Trump back in office? Cause the news cycle is like, going crazy <laughs> uh yeah let, let's run through some of those things that are happening in the first i guess the first seven day six days of the olympics mm-hmm. uh so first off i have to do a shout out to lululemon and their dynamic dressing system which we talked about i think in the fall when it all got announced mm-hmm. but i actually went out and i let me just get it here i actually picked up one of their garments and it's it's because it's half one part excellent, one part ridiculous, and it's the scarf. Mm-hmm. Now, this scarf is like, it's a scarf in name only. It, 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 yes, that's right. It, it, it's basically a down vest without sleeves. So it's basically like the front of the vest, right? And it's mm-hmm. got a loop. So it, it, when I put it on and actually wrap it around my neck, it looks like I'm wearing a really big airplane one of those airplane pillows yeah it's it's yeah it's very sort of very very sort of like i know it's downfilled but it looks like it's inflated oh um, yeah <laughs> like it, don't don't the super g uh skiers have that now don't, don't they have that helmet that inflates like, like an airbag if it detects a crash right yeah so i i i think of it like that so what it, like it totally covers my face you can't hear me when I do it. Yeah, yeah and it's the only scarf on the planet that probably has its own zippered pocket in it yeah yeah and and i mean this is a zippered pocket that you could fit like a passport and you know some traveler's checks and stuff like that into you know it's not it's not uh it's not a it's 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 not an insignificant you know sort of like pocket where you can fit in you know, sometimes when you get running shorts, I don't know, I don't know if yeah. you guys all have had this, but yeah, you get running shorts and you can fit, you can fit, you can fit one, one card in there yeah, one or, card, yeah, or, or, or like your Metro pass or whatever. And that's it. <laughs> this looks like you could fit like a decent amount of stuff in that pocket. So, so I, I, I'm a 
not really embarrassed because what am I going to spend my money on during pandemic times anyways? So I, I, the scarf was not cheap. So the scarf no. was north of $70. And I think that was also a big story that's been going around was how expensive the Lululemon uh, Olympic gear was. But it is Lululemon. Lululemon stuff is not cheap in general. So it's kind of like on brand. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're trying to do quote unquote NFT thing where by bumping up the price, they create some form of exclusivity. Right. If right. you will. Right. Uh, because, yeah, the people that are quote unquote Olympic, super Olympic nuts that collect every year, they get the stuff from the Bay or the Roots or whatever. Um, you know, before they were paying $10 for those super popular mitts from the Bay. Mm-hmm. If you want to get the mitts from Lululemon, those will cost you 65 bucks. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. look like oven mitts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not, uh, doesn't loan itself well. And, you know, because not only is it very expensive, but it also takes up a lot of real estate. Oh, yeah. The yeah, scar, like- well, this, because it's down, I can squish it down. So I'll put it, you, you saw it on me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I might actually just use it as a backup coat for, you know, it's just slightly warmer days. It, it look, it looks, it looks almost like it was, it's, it's, uh, it's rated for combat readiness. <laughs> like that's how thick it looks. Like you could do the hostage negotiation stuff if you have one of those. Oh yeah, yeah, and and, and it spells Canada right across in very big. So I could use it as like a banner, like a, you know, bring it to next sporting event mm-hmm. or or next protest. Oh ah yes, we'll talk more about that. It seems like the third week that we've been talking about this thing. But let's continue with the Olympics. Lots of news coming out of it. Lots of controversy. Uh, let's start off with the good news. So the medal count for Canada is quite significant, right? Like we're we're having probably one of the best Winter Olympics we've had in decades. Yeah, if you go by total medals, if you go by gold, if you go by gold, we're twelfth. We have one gold. Yeah, but if you go by total medals. We're tied for second with Norway, Norway, who Mm -hmm. always is like, you know, first or second overall and one behind Austria for most medals overall. So I would say, yeah, by that metric, it's been outstanding. And also in sports that we tend never, well, not we don't normally do well in like the ski jumping was one, right? It was it was a shock. Like there's no (laughs) other way to put it except it was a shock. And I was like, I've been working obviously for, you know, during the Olympics and I've been working weird hours, but like that one happened um, after my shift had done, like I finished at 5am and then I think it was like at seven or whatever am. it happened. And I, I didn't find out till the next day. And I was looking at like the Slack messages and, and it was like, oh my God, we just got a medal in ski jumping. And then like, you know, here's the first story. I know nothing about this sport, you know, like that kind of <laughs> It's really surprising. It was definitely, definitely not any anybody's predictions, like so, any prognosticator. So ski jumping is the super long ramp, and they go for distance, right? Uh, yes, that's right. And this was like a ski jumping. This was a team event. Um, okay. So there was like there's a, I think there's three people on the team, and uh, yeah, they they won they won bronze. Like you know, like every year. Or not every year, every Winter Olympics, like we do preview stories for the teams. So we'll do a ski jumping one and it will usually be like, you know, a couple of guys just going to get experience. And we we mentioned Horst Bulau, who I think was the only Canadian who ever like did anything sort of that maybe even was kind of successful in ski jumping. And so that, I'm excited because next time we do one for the uh, for the for the Winter Games in uh, in, in in Italy. We'll actually be able to talk about the most recent medalists instead of dragging up Horst Bulau's name again. <laughs> it was yeah, it was it was super surprising, and then somewhat less less surprising, but you know, not a slam dunk. Is we won a uh, an, an an alpine skiing bronze medal. Uh, Jack Crawford of Toronto won in the uh, in the combined event, which I think might not be around after this Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, but like he he had been threatening because he finished fourth in the downhill, point zero seven seconds off the podium. Then he finished sixth in the, I think it was the super G. So you know, it, it seemed like he was going to get something 
uh, in Beijing, and he got a bronze in the combined. So I mean, th- th- and those th- that's amazing. He, you don't go in if you're Canada, you don't go in expecting an alpine medal, and you definitely don't don't go in expecting a ski jumping medal. So that's just bonus. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Canadian, but I did catch uh, the half pipe snowboarding and and Chloe Kim basically just flexing her dominance once again. Oh, yeah. 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 You could tell out of qualifying that she was, you know, going to be the, 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 uh, the athlete to beat and nobody beat her. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm convinced she's a robot. <laughs> like, <laughs> like just how good she, she is. Right. Yeah. 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 She's, uh, but- she's, she's a, uh, she's like a star, right? Like, she's- Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, um, there was something that some controversy that came out of, uh, well, the ski jump, wasn't it? Didn't like either the Japanese team all got disqualified for almost the reverse of the, was it the, uh, the handball, the women's handball team or something like that in, in summer Olympics for their, for their wardrobe. So I think the Japanese team got disqualified from the ski jumping after they were deemed it was too baggy or something i i they they said that something gave them some kind of advantage for apparently the jumpsuits were reportedly too large potentially giving them an unfair advantage oh i guess it it acts like like a like wings oh (laughs) i see and, you and know, like, became, kind of like when spider-man has like that little underarm webbing sort of thing yeah and what, what is it base jumping is that oh, what yeah. they call it i think so so is that, that where that's you, what, where you jump off a like jump off like a tall building and i think so and then yeah. you can kind of glide glide around yeah yeah, yeah. so i think that that was the Being issue the extreme sports enthusiast that i am <laughs> yeah yeah so they, they got they got uh they got nailed for because usually they're they're quite skin tight right mm, yeah they are yeah yeah. So, huh? Uh, there was the the weird. The, I'm, I'm, I don't follow curling, but I know that Canada is like curling powerhouse. Um, the mixed uh, duo team mm-hmm. that got beat by the Australians. Where did Australia come out of nowhere with the curling? Uh, or did, do, oh, that was pretty interesting too, because they're coached uh, by uh, John Morris, who's one of the members of Canada's. Uh, mixed doubles team. Oh yeah, I'm not. They, I'm not surprised. He's yeah, coached them. He's friends with them. Now, now the day that they were playing, uh, that they faced Canada, Canada was kind of like cruising along. It looked like they were gonna, you know, f- get fairly comfortably get a semifinal spot. That day, Australia uh, withdrew from the competition because one of the members of the team tested positive for COVID. And then they had like a meeting, a meeting of sort of like med of of like uh, public health authorities, and they determined that she could continue. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what happened there. I guess her positive, because she had po- tested positive, I guess prior to the games, they were taking that into account when it came to sort of like what was showing up in your PCR test. So I guess her her tests were, even though they were positive, they were within what they felt was an acceptable acceptable range to continue right so at this point they're zero and seven they're out of the competition and then they're back into the competition and then they win both their games that day including against canada In, insane it's mm-hmm. just crazy and basically essentially put canada in a situation where they had to beat undefeated italy to get into the semifinals and have a chance at a medal and unfortunately canada lost by in an extra end by millimeters the italian stone was millimeters closer once once again italy like of all of all places having a curling like olympic level curling team yeah yeah well yeah i mean i don't think you'll see the italians in the four in the traditional like four person rinks Hmm. necessarily anytime soon but the mixed doubles is interesting like it's just it's a newer format and i think it's just kind of taken off a little bit like more countries are interested in it um and especially in Europe. And uh, yeah, so yeah, good for them. I mean, yeah. that's uh, pretty amazing. Uh, just went through the entire tournament undefeated and uh, and, and won gold. Uh, one thing that usually, I don't know if there's this much controversy in, in speed skating, but I found that this Olympics, there was a lot more news going around with speed skating. It, it was more, It's more like roller derby this year. So there was that story of the... Well, they're both, they're two Chinese skaters, but one 
uh, skates for China and the other one skated for Hungary. Mm-hmm. And this was for the uh, 1000 meter race. And I think the one guy that the guy that crossed the line first actually uh, was taken off the podium entirely. And the one guy was got the gold after as a result, as a result, because I think there was a lot of grabbing and pushing and shoving. Like, yeah, yeah. That's you like short track speed skating has a lot of that, like a lot of disqualifications like you have Challenges. to wait. It's so it's so hard because like what we're supposed to do is send an alert as soon as like there's a medal, um, if it's a Canadian medal. And and in in the past we've had to hold off on short track a little bit because you always have to wait to see if Canada got disqualified or, <laughs> or if somebody else got disqualified and Canada got into the medal position or something like oh, that. It's, like it's a crazy sport. Oh yeah, I know. Like it, especially now, like I found I find that they're getting a lot more aggressive. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's a lot of more hidden elbows. Yeah, um, yeah. Another interesting story that came out uh, was the women's hockey team, who is undefeated right now and probably going mm-hmm. to. Uh, well, I think there was one absurd game. Was it against Finland? Was it what eleven nothing? It was something. It wasn't 11-1. double digits. Yeah. 11-1. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the game I'm talking about. So great on them, but I'm talking about the game that they played against the Russian Olympic Committee team, and. The Canadian team decided, or yeah, we're wearing masks. They still won the game wearing masks, but they Mm -hmm. all wore masks because I think the Russian Olympic team or Russian Olympic committee team, uh, I don't think, I think their COVID tests were kind of not consistent with the team or some submission issues were happening. So they let the game go, but the Canadian women decided to play the game wearing masks. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So they played the entire game in N95 masks uh, and and won easily. Uh, <laughs> and just and just and just proving that you can um, wear those masks and breathe completely well playing elite level Olympic ice hockey to, to go so. all out for 40 seconds wearing one of those things. Yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's a that's a huge endorsement for 3M, right? Yeah, yeah, I would say. Um, and then, and then, and then, one of the Russian players ended up testing positive after the game. So it was good. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you control a team sport like hockey. I think would, if one person gets it, like you're in the same locker room, bench, water bottles, stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, you saw it in the NHL. Like oh. every single team would have that. Like it would be that snowball effect. Two people would get it, and then four people would get it, and then next thing you know, the you know, you have 10, 10, 12 players in protocol at the same time, and then they come out and then they can play, but then you get the dribs and drabs of the rest of the team. And then eventually everybody goes into it. Yeah. And the stories coming out of it, I don't know if they're anecdotal or political, politically charged at all. I think the last place you want to be is in the Olympic Village under quarantine in China. Right. Yeah, I, I, there were some stories of you know the food is horrible and it's just <laughs> like it's like it, when you when you're when you're when you're when you're listening to the conditions, it's like oh my god, are they political prisoners? Like oh, they, I, I I I'm not getting daylight. The food is bad. Playing really bad rock music throughout the day. I have no idea, but yeah. So the reason why the Russian Olympic Committee is called the ROC is because they're not allowed to flag the national flag because of system state run doping yes well figure skating not uh not to be shielded by that because one of the russian uh she's 15 right yeah that is young to start getting something i think she was taking some type of heart medicine which i guess i don't know if it strengthens your heart or again it must be having to do with recovery time now I haven't caught up with the story, but like you, you and I were talking before, it broke yesterday or maybe two days ago. Uh, that you know, she was on the podium, and they, they're giving those panda bears, right? They they don't really actually do the medal. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The um, yeah, they they canceled it. So she, they were Russia. Well, I guess all the the teams that medaled were supposed to get their panda bears and stuff that day, and they canceled the. They canceled the the ceremony, and they didn't say why. They just said there was a legal issue. 
Um, and then everybody <laughs> instantly thought, well, Russia must be doping. And then the next day, they, that's what it was. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's it's funny because, you know, this the, the, the state-run doping, you know, they had like all, because there was a whistleblower, right? So they had all mm-hmm. kinds of information. They had all kinds of, of evidence and stuff. And because the IOC really wants Russia in these games, they they gave them this sort of chicken shit. Um, <laughs> I don't you, think. you can you can yeah you can compete yeah yeah and uh, and this is what happens right like yeah. there's not re- any like real fear of any sort of uh, repercussions for this I, you know now we'll find out what happens because like um that skater i forget her name already but she was she was training the next day even even after they said this is why we're looking in, into this even though even when it even when the you know it was announced that she had traces of this heart medication in her system she got to train so i'm not sure how much teeth they're gonna have in enforcing this but if if they do lose their medal, and that would upgrade Canada from fourth to third in the yeah. team bigger scale. Well, it's a tough call because she's not like she hasn't failed a test recently. This was a test, I think, back in December. Mm, so right. you know, the, these they, they, these guys know, right? Like we get you off the stuff at this point, and by the time you compete, it's completely out of your system. And if water comes along and you pee in a cup, you'll be fine. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, this was has to do with a test going back to December. Yeah, but she also hit a move that is unheard of for female figure skaters, right? Like I, I think she hit a quad. She hit a quad. Yep. Yeah. And, and you know, <laughs> so yeah. you know, well, but it's true. Like they do. You bring up a good point. Like the science and sort of like the knowledge of when when to dope and when not to dope, and like probably more countries than Russia do it. But like you know the 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 science is like 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 we're far removed from like the 19 days of 1988 where Jamie Astafan just just pumped Ben Johnson full of steroids <laughs> with no real strategy just, yeah, exactly <laughs> well there there was there was a, a a story i think it was i don't know if it was Alberto Contador he um during his final years at, at, at doing the tour, I think they didn't nail him with the actual drugs, but they nailed him with an elevated amount of some type of uh, uh, diuretic. Yeah, is this the meat? Is it the meat doping? I think so. I think it's the meat. Yeah, and yeah. and 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 they were just like, you know, why would you have this elevated diuretic in your system? And yeah, because yeah. you know it would flush you flush your system out with it, right? So they they were, it's crazy. I don't know. Uh, so one thing about the coverage about the Olympics is obviously the North American coverage is based upon featuring obviously athletes in the country. I'm disappointed because I keep we, we they never show biathlon and that's like one of my favorite <laughs> Olympic sports to watch. Like oh yeah, no, you 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 have to I, I have to go online it. and yeah, I have, have to, to find it. The CBC, yeah, the CBC will show anything, right? Like online. But yeah. I, I had to watch it because while I was at work, there was a Canadian who he ended up finishing fifth. That, that was another almost crazy medal. Like, Holy almost, smokes. Yeah. He fin- yeah, this is the thing. Like, not outside of the medals, like, there's also been a lot of, like, really high finishes in sports that we have no business winning. Like, so it's been, it's just been, so just from a performance um, perspective, it's been great. It's been very good for Canada. Oh, yeah. You know, especially, especially when you figure, like, how screwed up these guys train trainings regimens must have been because of covid like hats off to all these athletes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other sport I, well i think they started doing skateboard and ski cross right then we went we, we went on a we won an award right a, a, a woman female in, in, uh, uh, snowboard cross snowboard cross yeah 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 uh, yeah she was an interesting story too because she made the team in pyeongchang and then got got a concussion two days before she was supposed to compete, and and then she broke her back in the next year, and then she lost her brother to cancer the next year. So mm-hmm. had to overcome all that kind of stuff, and then wasn't really no one was really talking about her. Uh, Marietta um, Odine or Odine, I think you pronounce it. No one was really talking about her before the the Olympics, and then yeah, she 
she did she did really well advanced all the way to the final and got a bronze so yeah. that's amazing yeah well we we almost forgot uh one person we should be talking about i think he won one of our first awards was max perot max perot that's right three yeah. years removed from go- chemotherapy treatments yeah and he came home with gold uh men's half pipe oh no sorry uh men's uh slope style slope right? style yeah yeah and uh mcmorris came in that's his second bronze third Third. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And we got to get that guy. He's he's very good. I I, I like watching him. Yeah. But yeah. Max Pro. Like that. That. How about that for a story? Yeah. 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 He's a he's an a, 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 an incredible guy. Like uh, we've 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 been lucky to have uh, some of these some of these athletes. Like their perseverance is just amazing. But yeah, like like Perot has been. Uh, you know, because he's he's been doing really well in the World Cup and the X Games circuit and stuff like that since he's recovered from cancer. You know, from 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 cancer treatment. So, yeah, amazing. And McMorris himself, he almost died in like that backwards snowboarding accident. That's right. He had like he he, he basically had to get the Fennec Shand treatment. Like, you know, like <laughs> he got the robotic parts and. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and then he won his uh, third bronze, third slope style bronze in his many Olympics. So yeah, amazing. No, just just hats off. So wait, we have another week of Olympics, uh, and men's hockey started right, and mm. so we'll have yeah. to see how. Yeah, uh, Eric Stahl is what the the only big name, well, quote unquote, like I guess any old NHL name, right? Yeah, he's like the biggest. Yeah, like like they've got other players who played in the NHL, but I don't think any of them were stars. He wasn't like he was a star. Like he was he he's he's like the only guy. I'll put it this way: he's the only guy who who's like played who played on like actual like NHL Olympic teams. You know, when they right, right, right. had like the best players in Canada. Like he was he played he was on the Vancouver team that won gold. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's the captain of this team and he's looking for, he's looking for more NHL work. And I think this is a way that he, he can showcase is mm-hmm. that he's still got something. Well, go Canada. So now we have to also make note that even though we're recording in the evening, this is your morning and you're going to have to head off to work shortly. So we'll, we'll kind of speed up the rest of the episode, but <laughs> how, how is, uh, kind of staying up overnight so far, like the first couple of days? It's been good, um, uh, much better than um, previous Olympics where I've had like the weird. Like I remember the the, the Beijing Summer Games, I guess in two thousand and eight. Like I was, I, I was a zombie, and I drank the, my first shift. I drank so much Red Bull, I was getting arrhythmia. Like <laughs> I was like, this is not good. I might die covering the Olympics. <laughs> Um, and then like, I remember last year or last, yeah, or yeah, last year for Tokyo, like just trying to get into that sort of, um, mindset and it was, it was difficult, but this year, you know, because it was only, I was only six, six months away, uh, removed from Tokyo, like I kind of knew what I had to do. So I went at it pretty aggressively early on. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Good, good, good. All yeah. right. Well, good morning. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, why don't we move on to a topic that I didn't think we'd still be talking about from three weeks ago, but the Freedom Convoy is still going on. The poor Ottawa residents and the perseverance of whoever's still left in Ottawa, which is, I get things still sizable. Yeah, I mean, the latest thing that, that I've heard about is them um, blocking off access to the airport there. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, you know, I am a bit surprised that it, that it's lasted this long, that long. Like I thought maybe there would be like a few sort of stragglers or whatever, but like, right. like it's just still like a, it's enough, it's enough that, that the people who live there are, you know, still very frustrated and, you know, and people, I, 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 people are asking, you know, why aren't the cops doing anything? And you have to appreciate if one thing about Ottawa is like the, kind of the jurisdiction hell that exists there. Mm-hmm. Because I guess technically Wellington Avenue doesn't belong to Ottawa. <laughs> like, I guess like you, you, Ottawa cop can't give you a ticket on Wellington Avenue. 
I, as far as I understand. And then to the north of the parliament buildings is another province. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. you have RCMP, OPP, local police, and one doesn't want to do the other. Like, think about any other protest that's happened um, in and around uh, Canada in the last little bit. Usually they're they're rounding them up and, okay, you're done. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I've, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen anything like last this long. Like, not even wow. like... So whether the cops are just like uh, hands off or whatever, but I think it's reaching a boiling point because now the politicians, not just Trudeau. Well, Trudeau is kind of taking a weird tact. He's still throwing gas, I would think, at mm-hmm. what's going on, right? It's like, oh, they're they're just, he's like marginalizing them. Yeah. The conservative leaders now come out to basically say, yeah, your message is good, but you got to go home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Jagmeet, I don't think it's come up and said with statement yet, but. No, no, I, I, I don't, I don't, if he has, I haven't seen it, but. Uh, and, yeah. and also Trudeau had two of his backbenchers come out and say something. They're, you know, they haven't been fired yet, so that's a good sign. But also he can't because you're in a minority government position. Mm-hmm. So how do you discipline those guys and still how to maintain power? And I, I think at this point in time, no one wants to go through an election. I don't even know what would happen in an election today because you and I were talking off the top. A lot of people are in political a political desert right now because no one knows who to vote for because no one's really managed anything really well out of this. Yeah. Um, I was telling you about my dad who's like a um – you know, he's, he's, a, he is a, a fiscal conservative and, you know, he's, we were talking about like, you know, uh, sort of Bill Davis in Ontario. And then like, you know, the days of like Joe Clark and Mulroney and, you know, like sort of like when, when it was progressive conservative and, you know, there was, it hadn't, the party hadn't been sort of co-opted by this sort of like more um, social conservative movement from Western Canada that mm-hmm. it finds itself sort of beholden to now. And yeah, he was telling me that like it's going to be he's 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 finding it sort of difficult to um to vote for the conservatives again because of their their support of this kind of, you know, the, the this kind of behavior. Um you know, like he he's he's pro vaccinations, he's pro he's pro mandates when they make sense, you know, like he wants this thing to be over with, but he wants he wants it done like responsibly, mm-hmm. and he definitely, being a fiscal conservative, is not interested in messing up the trade situation. And you know, oh yeah, and, and, and but your dad would be one of those prime examples of just I don't know who I'd vote for. No, right? yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's no, there's there's no sort of center. There's no real like center right alternative right now. Like, yeah, and and you know he's he, he's not going to vote for the liberals, but you know he doesn't think that he's able to vote for the conservatives as they are right now. Now, you know they're going to have a leadership. Um, they're going to have a uh, you know like a like a leadership race, and whoever comes out of that of that uh, process, maybe it's somebody who can kind of drag the party kicking and screaming back to the center, because I just don't see how like if people like like my dad are not going to vote for them. You know, I just don't see how they're going to get that Southern Ontario breakthrough that they're, that they're looking for in their current incarnation. I mean, I could, I could be wrong, but like it, it just, it just doesn't seem to play well to, mm-hmm. to, to uh, people here. You will have to see how that plays out, but the freedom convoy attempted to start something else in Toronto. Two things. Convoy causing traffic against regular Toronto traffic. It's like regular Toronto traffic's like, here, hold my beer. Let me show you how I'll snag up traffic. (laughs) Whatever. The second thing is, you know, the TPS, 
not saying anything bad about Toronto Police Service, but you saw them during the G20, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were prepared and they knew what they were going to do and they had a, a serious plan in place. If you actually look the map at the road closures on the weekend, you could tell that depending on when, where, what direction they were coming into the city, they kind of made sure that they couldn't get past a certain quadrant. Mm-hmm. So that if you came from the south and tried to head towards on uh, Queen's Park, you were basically stuck like south of Queen, uh, south of Dundas. Mm-hmm. You couldn't go any further north. If you came in from the north, the furthest you could have got was Bloor Street. And so that the biggest, so that the, the groups couldn't kind of combine. So it's almost like playing like an RTS game. Right? Like, <laughs> command yeah. and conquer yeah if you can kind of create kind of a funnel and, and keep them separated setting up your defenses there's probably a couple of towers in there <laughs> not shooting uh, you know, at anybody but sort of like you know yeah, there to you sort know, of like yeah, exactly turn them away so the, the 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 biggest group just because the the other groups didn't really have a, a stopping spot and you could tell people who are south of blue are just driving aimlessly and if they weren't from the city, they were driving really far west and going, where are we? And <laughs> so the, the big group was in uh, by the ROM, so Avenue and Bloor. Uh, they set up shop there. And just like any other protest that's ever – like you could walk to Queen's Park. That that wasn't the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, the you know, they protested. And I was on the highway at around 4 or 5 o'clock at night. And there was already people leaving, like – Guys in yeah. pickup trucks with Orangeville on their on their license plate, and they were just like, "Yeah, I said my thing. It was the afternoon. It's cold. I'm going home." Yeah, yeah. And then eventually, yeah, they, it fizzled away, and it was just like a kind of a regular day protest here in Toronto. Yeah. Um, now there there was that social media post by quote unquote one of the leaders of Freedom Convoy, kind of taunting Toronto and saying that we're coming. So they did a mini lockdown yesterday, similar, mm-hmm. but they weren't like blocking streets, but they basically had police cars ready to just block the intersection and and if needed. And they weren't allowing uh, anyone parking on Dundas Street. They were towing cars on Dundas Street, like where the AGO is, like mm-hmm. in, in that yeah. corridor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just you don't. Don't try – and you know, like I feel bad for Ottawa police because Toronto police had – well, they took it seriously. Well, they, they had they had the uh, – they had the advantage too of of uh, of Ottawa's situation – of knowing the situation in Ottawa. Yeah. And uh, like if they had to hit Toronto first, it might have been a different story, but uh, mm-hmm. you know. So what, one thing I wanted to read – uh, it's it's a it's a tweet from Toronto uh, Police Operations. This was a tweet. This one. Oh, I got to see if I can read this with a straight face. This happened um, on the Saturday at twelve forty seven p.m. Arrest made. Demonstration on Saturday, Feb fifth, Bedford Road and Bloor West Street. Man, thirty four arrested after throwing feces at another person. He was charged with assault with a weapon. <laughs> So we assault with a weapon. That that's the it. Canadian version of the January sixth assault, yeah. right? No, no, no cosplay Vikings, vegan no. Vikings. No, no. We got some dude throwing fecal matter. Yeah. So of course, uh, the internet won't stop interneting. They were saying uh, someone did a, a drew a little cartoon or a movie poster, uh, basically depicting the uh, Toronto version of the suicide squad to help battle the convoy yeah so you have you have the chair girl of course you get uh tell me tell us about the uh because i forgot about this guy tell us about the the poo-poo guy because this seems thematically appropriate yeah yeah okay so (laughs) the poo-poo guy lives strong after the protest so the poo-poo guy again I, i i'm kind of foggy about the time frame i believe it was the spring and he was a guy walking around with a bucket of urine and feces in ryerson campus and i think he was actually like dumping it on people like unsuspecting people and it was just like this uh it was this 
black guy with a yellow construction hat and he just had this bucket it was it's gross it's totally disgusting like don't get me wrong but yeah he he forever known he will be known as the toronto poo-poo guy but who else is in the suicide toronto suicide squad to combat the convoy curtis so they've got believe guy he's not really a criminal but he's he's just one of these like notable weird guys and he's the guy that you've seen uh preaching essentially at uh, young dundas square Mm -hmm. um shouting shouting believe at people um there's a crane girl who is like um climbed up just randomly climbed up on that crane and sat there sat there (laughs) And and then and then required like people to get her off yeah Required people to get her off. Uh, who's kick guy? I assume he kicked somebody. He looks yeah. familiar. Well, he, who famously roundhouse kicked a pro-life protester. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, what I can I, what can I say? That. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, you have the Ikea monkey. Yes. Uh, uh, what was his name? Oh, he, can't remember. He had a name, didn't he? Oh, okay, but yeah, Sherilyn Code and all, right? Ikea monkey. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, and then another animal is the uh, High Park Capybara, who <laughs> I believe we've talked about on this uh, podcast before. Yep. Um, I don't know who Tunnel Guy is. I, I don't know who Tunnel Guy either uh, is either. Um, rubber, the there's a guy, uh, the Rubber Boots Man. The yeah. rubber boots hating man. Yeah. And a, I don't know. He's He's got a shirt that actually, like, there's an interview of him somewhere out there uh, where he's being interviewed explaining why he hates rubber boots. But, <laughs> but he, yeah, he, he's like viral sensation, not necessarily a villain. Yeah. And, that, and that's why I think, like, if quirky if, people. If, if you're going for, for like, um, quirky people who aren't necessarily villains, but may have some sort of, um, anti-social bents to them <laughs> i don't see why you don't put xanta in there if if, if, if you guys if you guys need your muscle it, right yeah you need muscle yeah like if you guys uh aren't aren't from toronto or i don't know if he's been active lately but you would oh no no i saw i saw him i saw him recently okay it's good i saw, I saw him in par- still out he's there post post pandemic he's still around he i saw him at parkdale uh basically queen street just uh just past Ronsi, like just like, heading east I, I saw him because it was kind of funny as you mentioned it. I went, oh, my God, that's right. I saw him not too long ago. <laughs> so Santa, sorry, I interrupted you. Chris. Yeah. Who so, is Santa? So he's 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 a he's a guy. He's in he's a pretty chiseled, like he's in, in, in excellent shape. And he wears a Santa hat and no shirt and just does like knuckle push ups in, in, in the subway and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and just kind of. He's kind of a bit of a public nuisance, I would say. Like, <laughs> so he would be if he'd be in the Toronto Suicide Squad. For sure. You know who I'd add into the Toronto Suicide Squad would be like uh, either uh, Cashman or Harold the Jeweler Buyer. Yeah, they'd be like the 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 the, the guy who bankrolls the team, mm-hmm. right? They'd be like yeah. the they'd be like the uh, Amanda Waller sort of figure. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you, like you need that. Oliver, the yeah, Cashman. You know, yeah, Cashman. Right? Doesn't doesn't he already have like an outfit? Yeah, he. Oh yeah, he'd be perfect for it. And then like they'd need you need like the guys to do like the damage control, the cleanup after the the Suicide Squad that you know finishes the mission, and then that'd be Diamond and Diamond lawyers. <laughs> the whole the whole call center full full of them, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, again convoy it's going over in the states because the gofundme page is now down money's been pulled because gofundme basically said you broke the terms and conditions because there's some there's a they they touted the violence tinge to it not that i don't think there was anyone encouraging violence but but i think because as a result of the of some of the things and harassments have been happening and the bugging of the neighbors and yeah so that got pulled and then they have some type of christian fun funding them i i I didn't follow it after that because because nothing nothing is more christian than driving your truck around and honking all night i guess the irony goes over their heads of 
they want freedom. They want freedom for all Canadians, but as a result of restricting other people's freedoms. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and, then, and then, and then, like when that's pointed out, you'll get some people, some of their Twitter sympathizers, say, "Well, what, what would you have us do? Would you have us just accept the lockdown?" So, so it's like, are you trying to tell me then that your two choices are complete supplication to 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 the uh, restrictions or asshole convoy? Like there's no nothing in between, like that, just just because people want the asshole has, asshole convoy to end, that doesn't mean that there aren't still people sympathetic to ending mandates. There are. Well, Curtis, only the Sith deals in absolutes. That's right. <laughs> are, you, are you trying to say? Are you trying to say that the convoy is who you know? Because they're trying to say, follow the money. Who is really in charge? Is it Darth Sidious? Uh, it could be pa- Papa Palpatine. Papa Palpatine. <laughs> One oh, of his did, clones. Did, did, so I, 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 I was this close downloading the app just so I can hear the chaos. At one point in time on Sunday, because they wanted to kind of ramp up Toronto's protest again on Sunday, so the the trucker convoy they're not using Discord, they're not using WhatsApp, but they're using this public access. Uh, uh, I guess it's like a trucker app just like how Discord is for the gamers, mm-hmm. uh, called Zello. Okay. You can download this app and join the public room. That's Convoy 2020. And apparently the way the app works, this it seems kind of weird, but sure. It's, a, it's an audio, I think it's mostly audio, or I don't think it's audio only, but it works like a... Uh, trucker cb so there's a there's a button on your phone and you push down on it and then you say something and then it just posts onto the thread and apparently on sunday there was just like mass chaos and people you know calling out each other and say let's go here and it was just like i just went oh i want to download the app just so i can hear some of this and it was just um that's what i i I saw some people talking about talking about what you're describing mm-hmm. and like laughing at some of the messages oh yeah yeah i was like oh i was like oh am i that bored <laughs> am i that bored do i really want to do it instead i did other research for the show curtis and i mean let's get off the truckers and i i i i, I didn't put this on the sheet but i mostly because i didn't finish my research i got 45 minutes in curtis do you realize i sat through 45 minutes of the kim jong-un 2021 victory documentary oh man i i haven't started it yet (laughs) i was hoping let's do a review yeah it's a it's an hour and a half long on youtube it's a documentary on the victories that kim jong-un won in 2021 Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure i know the word great leader victory excellent (laughs) <laughs> and capitalist scum or or imperialist scum yeah. in, in in Korean yeah. because <laughs> it, 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 the format is incredible i thought maybe we'd get some like get some kind of insight of it there's no oh well, by the way there's no english subtitles right and it's just footage of just him being excellent and great and then there's this you know uh narrator just reading in a in a very proud voice like like the Simpsons, you know, sign mm. little girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, oh my god! And 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 so you're watching it, and you're just kind of, you're kind of just using the visuals as context to what. That's right. That's right. I'm yeah, trying to yeah. figure out what he's trying to say and how, how great he was. So there is one scene, and I, I, we should try to. I don't know if I can stomach any more of it, but I, I managed 45 minutes of it. It's him. I guess they're trying to build this new cityscape. So you know how usually politicians go and they do a ribbon cutting and they blow up a building to make up new ones, just kind of say, okay, this is where we're going to build? Yeah. No, they were like in this farmland and they were blowing up farmland. (laughs) (laughs) And they had this like crudely drawn background mural behind him where he was just kind of, you know, talking, nodding, pointing at the skyscrapers that they were going to build and whatever. And they had a mini model, you know, as you do. And all the architects are standing around him with their notepads, and he's talking, pointing, and explaining, as if he's explaining, lecturing on on architecture. Yeah, and they're writing down intentively. I I wish the camera went up behind him. I want to see what, if they're actually writing down stuff, or are they just like, yeah, 
and uh, lots of clapping, Curtis. Oh, yeah. 45 minutes, there was a lot of clapping. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he is the great leader. So it makes sense to me that he would be very knowledgeable in all things architecture. Yeah. And that you would learn. <laughs> I, the fact the fact that i saw him blowing up farmland was just yeah. like i was just like what what is going on oh yeah oh. well you know like it, it, again it just shows his decisiveness and uh, yeah so you know. uh but but there's a great scene i don't think i don't know if it was really him but the movie starts with him on horseback of course yeah 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 but he had his shirt on he's no putin oh no 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 it, it, this this was it was yeah come on it's it's much colder in north korea i guess i I don't know but yeah this was produced by the people's party mm-hmm. or the npc i think that's what i 45 minutes in curtis i i couldn't do anymore maybe i should have just went on the zello but I, you know hey things i'll do for the things i'll do for the show wow i'm impressed so, so maybe one day we'll have to maybe maybe in the spring when we're feeling a bit better we'll i'll send you the link we'll have to see if we can watch all the way through and pick our best scenes and yeah you know maybe we'll maybe maybe, maybe do live commentary maybe maybe we, maybe we what we should do is we should do the english translation yeah that's a good idea we we, re, we rewrite it all right uh before we head on to the headlines and kind of put the put a nail to the show i guess the olympic show uh the 2022 oscar nominations came out and um having not been able to go to a theater or see any of these movies i have no idea what anything is on this list curtis um yeah let's let's just focus on best picture right i'm looking at this list i'm sure they're all great pictures i think i know dune i've heard as heard of licorice pizza which is the uh, P.T. Anderson movie, right? I don't know. I've never heard, oh. of <laughs> never heard of it. I've heard of Power of the Dog. A lot of people I know have seen that and really liked That's it. That's the Cumberbatch movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. West Side Story. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. Really? I, I guess. Belfast, Dune, King Richard, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, and Nightmare Alley. Heather's seen Don't Look Up. Don't Look Up is the... Is the that Netflix one with Jennifer Lawrence and DiCaprio, I want to say. Okay. It's been, it's the reviews on that are polarizing. Some people really like it and think it's like a really good sort of satirical, uh, send up. And then other people think it's indulgent or some people think it's depressing. And uh, the Oscars, I think you and I both talked about it. I think I'm done with them until they bring back a host. I don't think they'll ever bring back Ricky Gervais or <laughs> I don't know. It's it's it, the show's just one long marketing commercial, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, I was never I was never a huge Oscars guy simply because my movie tastes are generally far too. Um, they're, 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 they're far too sort of like. Uh, plebeian for. For the Oscars, not that the Oscars is necessarily like, you know, uh, awarding art house cinema all the time, but like, you know, like, you know, you you weren't you weren't going to see Bloodsport on there, so I was I wasn't interested. Yeah. All right, on to the headlines. A new epidemic is raging through Springfield, and this one didn't start with Krusty Burger's Whatchamacarcus sandwich. Not too many this year because we're, the Olympics just basically were covering the news cycle along with the convoy, but. Uh, Going back to the snowstorm, there's uh, this oddball article. Uh, the headline reads, and, and I, I'm not making this up, two people banging in the snow might be the wildest video out for Toronto all year. So it's this guy, he did a, a video in Instagram showing, he's on the, the Bloor Viaduct showing a fire truck that is stuck I guess on a service road on the DVP, or maybe it's actually on the DVP. Uh, he pans over, and yeah, there's two people in their winter clothing, and they're doing the deed. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's 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 daylight. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, sorry, it's, I should really make a point. It's yeah. broad daylight. Yeah, it's it's you know it's snow everywhere, and they're fully clothed. I mean, from what you can see. And yeah, it just seems like a lot of work. 
Yeah. <laughs> but but what I love is the if you watch the the clip of the guy, it, yeah. it's 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 done in that style of the letter Kenny guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's got right. kind of like this really strong Ontario accent from somewhere in Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> that's not yeah. the city. Yeah. Maybe he's playing it up, but yeah, I think so too. But yeah, he's got yeah. a hoser accent for sure. Yeah, totally. The next headline is now there's a lot of dumb Twitter comments. You and I have always talked about how uh, scary and silly Twitter can be at times. Uh, this one probably is up there. I would say this is a strong top five. The headline is Thomas Massey is either the dumbest member of Congress or he's joking about elderly people dying. So this is Thomas Massey, who is Republican from Kentucky, who and I'll let you read the tweet, Curtis. Yeah, Larry. So the tweet is uh, Thomas Massey. Over 70 percent of Americans who died with covid died on Medicare. And some people want hashtag Medicare for all. As if they died because of <laughs> Medicare, <laughs> not because they <laughs> had a medical condition. And and also that Medicare generally benefits Americans 65 and older. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it, it is shockingly dumb. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that there's a less dumb point he's trying to make that's probably still not great but is like because he can't be this this dumb uh, i think again it's it's like a it, twitter's like a weapon and covid right now is like a weapon like people have learned how to weaponize it right and yeah I, you know i want to attack it using this um it, and it you're right it just seems silly but what doesn't seem silly and they don't really talk about this like omicron was a, probably the fastest wave that we've seen so far in in the two years and it took a hundred thousand american lives Mm -hmm. guys that that's you know drop in the bucket for the population of the states but still that's a hundred thousand people it's a lot of people and I, i guess that was the price they were willing to pay to not have sort of restrictions or whatever so i mean this is this is what you're looking at you're looking at you know, having restrictions and, you know, having kind of a shitty time, but more people surviving or letting people just do it, do whatever and hoping that people are going to be sensible and then a bunch of people die. Yep. And another story that just won't seem to go away, and I'm sure Joe would like for it to go away. Poor Joe. Spotify's Joe Rogan controversy sparks an absurd debate. So another a video came out of him. Someone did a supercut of him on his podcast, just basically dropping the n bomb, right? Many times, I, I I tried to watch it, Curtis. I was getting heart palpitations just kind of like listening to it. Just it, it just kind of like it was just too much for me. Um, and as a result, Spotify throughout the last little bit has been. I think they pulled about 118 episodes out of his catalog, right? Right. Uh, so they don't seem to be pushing back. Uh, Joe sent out another apology. Um, again, I don't really like this per se when people do this, when they say, oh, well, those clips were taken out of context. Mm-hmm. Once again, what context does a white guy have for using that word? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're Dr. Dre, you know, sure. But... I, I don't, yeah, I don't get it. And also you don't explain, well, a lot of the times I was talking, maybe I'm reading a quote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But even then, as even even if we were Joe Rogan, Curtis, like if we were doing something like that and reading a quote with, with the N-word, I don't think I, even though it is the quote, I don't think I'd still read it. Like I think I'd have the wherewithal to say, nah, you never want to say it. Yeah, and I think just, you know, I don't know how old this stuff uh, like the, these episodes are or anything like that. But I think particularly now, like it's just, you know, we, we, we definitely know we knew better before, but we definitely know better now. Right. Like that, that there's just no, no need. There's no need to say it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I just think it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty typical. 
Um, yeah. So I, I don't even think that this is the end of it either, because I think that it does spark an interesting debate as the article implies, which is out of all the broadcasting methods, it's the one that has no controls. Mm-hmm. Look, you and I are spewing our stuff. The FCC and what's the Canadian equivalent? Uh, the Canadian would be CRTC. They can't. They they don't have any jurisdiction on our content. They, they they're not knocking on our door saying, "Larry Curtis, you guys are lacking in CanCon. Better do that uh, Mitsu <laughs> segment that you guys keep promising." By the way, speaking of uh, speaking of dis- disinformation <laughs> and stuff. I was talking to to my wife Heather and uh, and I was saying, uh, oh, you know, like um, we're, we've we've been talking about Joe Rogan the last couple of weeks. I said, you know, I'd like maybe we should start like spreading some disinformation and uh, and and you know just to just to just to cause some controversy and get people to listen to our podcast. And she says, you guys already talk about stuff you know nothing about all the time. Yeah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> It's not working though. <laughs> well, we need to get you to your proper work, Curtis. So that ends another episode of the Existentialist Cucumber. You can catch Curtis and I weekly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, you can leave a little comment. If you leave a comment, we will guarantee read it on a future episode. Uh, so try to keep it clean. Don't start dropping the N-words because we're not going to read it. Uh, Curtis, any closing words? Um, I think uh, next week, or, or we may not, we may not be able to do one next week. But next time we do a podcast, uh, just uh, um, just a tease, we will be talking about that kind of fairly overstuffed last episode of Book of Boba Fett. So <laughs> get ready, I mean, the Book of Mando, the Book of Mando. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, you're you're totally right. That that's that's that might actually be require an episode on, uh, you know, onto itself. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So you heard Curtis uh, with the Olympics all the way in full swing. We need to give this man some rest, uh, and uh, we'll probably take a break next week. So just remember, folks, that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. Sucker, you won't hear me moan. I'm living the good life while I'm working from home.